0: I was sitting in on a study, that online study, when uh, the congregation at Oakdale was having this last week, and um, one of the readers read from Daniel, the third chapter, and the part that he read just really brought out some good points, and I thought, well, I'll study that and, and uh, see if I can... Put together a little lesson that hopefully will help us and benefit us all and encourage us in our daily living. The times we're living in, and I'm not talking about necessarily the pandemic that, we, that we're living in. I'm talking about the morality of this world. The times that we are living in are something like we've never seen before. Things that are wrong are celebrated. And things that are right are looked down upon. Morality is looked down upon. If you're moral, you're just an old prude. You're, you're, you're just not up with the world today. And if you're immoral, it just seems like you're praised and you're glorified. All the things that God um, has ordained are looked down upon and all the things God condemns are praised it seems today. Everything is upside down. And so what we're going to notice this morning is that in, in the book of Daniel, the nation of Israel was going through some troubling times as well. And they were in Babylonian captivity. In, here in Daniel, the first chapter verses 1 and 2, So God's people, God allowed them to be taken over, and to be besieged, and the articles, all these things were then taken to Nebuchadnezzar's stockpiles, if you want to say, and taken out of uh, out of the possessions of the children of Israel. <clears throat> Excuse me. This was decreed by God. And it was because the nation of Israel was not following God and not doing the things God wanted them to do. They were, they were committing sin against God. And so during this time, there were uh, Daniel and, and several others that were selected and, and were trained for three years to, ha- to be special servants to King Nebuchadnezzar. The rest of chapter 1 deals with that and then chapter 2 deals with Daniel interpreting the king's uh, visions or the king's dreams. These, these four men the, the, of the nation of Israel <clears throat> were the cream of the crop. They're the ones that were healthy. They were the ones that were smart and skilled in knowledge. They were given special food the only even the king ate but then these men stood up and said and especially Daniel said we're not going to defile ourselves and eat things that are not pure and things that are not right so but they were then when they went into service for King Nebuchadnezzar they were given special names Daniel's name was uh a servant of Baal. Hananiah was given the the name Shadrach, which means inspired by the sun god. Mishael means who is what God is, was renamed Meshach. (laughs) Meshach. I knew I wasn't going to pronounce it right, so I had to stop and think about it. Meshach, uh, who is known as the moon god. Azariah means the Lord's help, but Abednego means servant of Nebo. So they were given these Babylonian names, names to more be in in tune with the gods that they worshipped and the idols and and the false gods. So these are the men that we're going to talk about this morning. Not necessarily Daniel, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Abednego. So we begin our study in verse 1 of chapter 3. And it says, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, whose height was sixty cubits and, it was, and its width six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar sent word together together, the satraps the administrators the governors the counselors the treasurers the judges the magistrates and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So, the satraps the administrators the governors the counselors the treasurers the judges the magistrates and all the officials of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image that king Nebuchadnezzar had set up and they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up then he heralded he a herald cried then a herald cried loud to you it is commanded o people nations and languages that at the time you hear the sound of the horn flute harp lyre and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whosoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Now today we see all kinds of laws and rules for living in this society that we live in that tells us that we need to think and then we need to act in certain ways. and we'll under, On some of those, we understand that. If we need to drive down the right-hand side of the road and everybody else is driving down the right-hand side of the road, we don't have a problem with that. But there are a lot of things today that tell us that we need to think a certain way that is not in tune with what God tells us to do. They tell us, as we said, everything is upside down these days, but they tell us we need to accept certain lifestyles. We need to believe certain ways. And if you don't believe in that way, then you're named certain names. Maybe it's a bigot. Maybe it's a homophobe. Maybe it's whatever you want to call it these days. But there are certain laws that are in opposition to God's laws. And also then, there's the peer pressure that we sometimes are put under to act in certain ways when we're around certain people or in certain uh, atmospheres, if you want to say. Let's go on to verse 7. So at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, the flute, harp, and lyre, and symphony with all kinds of music, all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. The king had his men build this image that was, by calculation, over 90 feet tall and almost 20 feet wide. And it would have been visible for probably miles in that area of the country. The king called for all these different officials uh, to come together for that meeting. And it would be kind of like someone saying, well, everyone that's on the federal payroll needs to show up for this. All the officials of the land were supposed to show up and be, be there for this meeting. It was mandatory. So he said, from this point on, everyone must fall down and worship this image which the king had made. And if they didn't, they would be thrown into the fire furnace. And so there was no waiting period. There was no trial or anything like that. If you didn't bow down, you would be noticed, and you'd be immediately thrown into the fiery furnace. Be no waiting. So as soon as the music started, as soon as the instruments were playing, right at that first note, you'd see the whole crowd just bow down. That'd be a sight. Just to hear a sound and all of a sudden, everyone just drops to bow. Well, everyone did, except three. That was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So, as that happens, of course, certain people notice these three men standing, and here comes the social police. Here comes the, as today, they're called maybe Karens. They're the ones that come up And they're ones that are going to tattle on these three guys. So listen to verse 8. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Oh, there's that always that little tattletale comes around, you know, and wants to spread that news and, and, and tell on someone else. And maybe we may be ridiculed, we may be intimidated, we may be falsely accused, and so on for our faith. And it seems that more and more is the case these days. You will be ridiculed for your faith. These men were standing for what they believed in, no matter what the decree was, no matter what the intimidation was, no matter what their peers thought of it, no matter what the rest of the crowd did, no no matter what anything did, they knew what they had to do. And so do we these days. We may be ridiculed for what we believe in and what we stand for. Notice verse 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar in rage and fury gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego so so they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now if you are ready... At the time. Now, notice here King Nebuchadnezzar is like saying, I just want to make sure you understand this, that you didn't misunderstand the decree that was given previously. I want to repeat it to you and make sure you understand it. He says, So now, if you are ready at the time, you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made good but if you do not worship you shall be immediately cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace and who is the god who will deliver you from my hands you see this was a man that thought in worldly ways he wasn't acknowledging god for what god really was he wasn't recognizing god he was worshiping the idols and all these other things and all the gods that they had made amongst themselves and he says basically which one which god is it that's going to save you from that well they declared their faith listen to the confidence of these three young men verses 16 through 18. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego answered and said to the king O Nebuchadnezzar We have no need to answer you in this matter. Wow. What a statement to a king. In other words, we don't answer to you, Nebuchadnezzar. He's the one that's in authority. He's the one that's in rule. He's the one that has their lives in his hands. And they stand there and say, we don't answer to you, King Nebuchadnezzar. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. That's a statement, a declaration of their faith. We don't have faith in your gods, in other words. We don't answer to you. We don't answer to other gods. We don't answer to anybody. But our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. That's pretty strong. That's really strong. That's our God today. That is our God today. And he says, he goes on to say, And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, now notice he says, let it be known to you. He says, I'm putting you on notice. I'm putting you on notice, king. O king, that we do not serve your God, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. These three men were not afraid. They were not afraid to, dis- to, to declare their faith in God. They were not afraid to stand up to the intimidation. They were not afraid to stand up to the threats. They were not afraid to stand up to the ridicule. They were not afraid to stand up to the tattletales. They were not afraid to stand up to anyone else or anyone at all. They said, we will serve our God because He is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. That's our God too. That's our God. He's able to deliver us from all the things that we put up with in this life. The pain, the suffering, the intimidation, the mental abuse, the the worry, the the sin and all of these things God is able to deliver us because he has that ability. They stood for what they believed. These th- three young men I'm sure remembered the command that was given to, back in Exodus, the second chapter verses two through five. He said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves a a carved, carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them for I am the Lord your God. I am a jealous God. Our God is a jealous God. Our is a God that is the only God whom we serve. We do not serve man, we do not serve anything else other than our God. That's it. We get caught up in all kinds of things of the world, get distracted by things of the world that pull us away from the things. But they made this commitment. You know, I like people that make commitments just like you do. When someone comes to your house and maybe gives you a bid on cleaning your carpets or painting your house or putting a roof on your house or whatever, and you shake hands with them or you sign a contract and they come and they do that job and they do it the way they intended to do it, and you you thought they were doing it, they're committed and everything goes good. We like commitments. We like people that are committed to do what they say they're going to do. seems like more and more these days that... You know, when you go to sign a contract, you have to have a team of lawyers behind you to make sure that nobody's going to get away with something. The old handshake is not what it used to be. I like people that make commitments. but We need to be committed to serving God today, too. We need to be committed to not be participating in, in morality and in sexual sin and even the appearance of evil, the marriage vows that we that uh, we made when when we were younger, are those still things that we're committed to today? In the world today, those vows almost mean nothing. Committing ourselves and our families to serving the Lord, make a commitment to raise our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord so that they become Christians, so that they can be saved. Making that commitment. these men made a decision to remain holy and faithful no matter what the circumstances and you know we we make that decision to remain holy and faithful not when we're confronted with the temptation but way before we're confronted with the temptation. You've heard me say that before. Our decision should have been made a long time ago that if this ever happens, this is what we will do. Why is it we have to talk people down from from sin sometimes? Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't have to be talked down into this commitment. It was what they wanted to do to please God. You know, as I said, we're we're so pulled away, we're so allured by the things of this world that the world has to offer us, and it pulls us away from our commitment to God and remaining faithful. They knew that there was a possibility that they would die, whatever the Lord's will was, but they didn't know what the Lord's will was. They knew that there was a possibility that they would die, but they also remembered that command that they should serve no other gods. And they were willing to do what God said to please Him. Sometimes we know what we're going to have to give up to make the right choices and remain faithful to God. And sometimes that's, we struggle with that sometimes. Let's notice verse 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. I guess it made him pretty mad. Of course, you know, a king, the one that is in authority, the one that everyone bows down to, and the one that gives all the rules and all the, all the, the, the way that he wants everything done, and then these three men come up and say, we don't answer to you, king. What you have to say about it doesn't mean anything to us. Could you imagine how mad he'd get? Yeah. Could you imagine one of your children coming to you and say, you tell them, I want you to go out inside and mow the yard. I don't care what you say, Mom and Dad. I ain't doing it. We'd get pretty upset. You know it would. And you know, God, I believe, had a hand in the way King Nebuchadnezzar reacted here because I think he wanted God wanted to prove beyond a shadow of doubt that he was in control King said heat that furnace up and stoke it up seven times hotter than what it usually is don't you think God was kinda making sure that King Nebuchadnezzar made it sure that there was no doubt that when all this happened and as we're gonna see happened that there was no doubt that God had a hand in it. It was God in, that was in control. I remember it when we were at home, you know, we'd come in from maybe being out, gone from home for a while, When we had a wood stove in the house, and it'd be kind of cold. And I'd say, boys, I want you to stoke up that fire and get it. Get it going, get it warmed up. You know, sometimes we get that thing going up, open up the dampers on it, and just get the thing just blazing, get the. Sometimes we got it a little too hot. See the old stovepipe just red. Got it a little too hot. That's what they were doing. Stoke up that fire, get it seven times hotter than what it is. Fire is something that we're afraid of. Our, all of our parents told us, never play with fire, you're going to get burned. We do everything to keep the, the, uh, in our power to keep fire under control. We have smoke detectors in our, in our homes. We, we keep fire extinguishers nearby and just in case we happen to set our pants on fire if we're welding. But they had total faith that God would deliver them. They had trust in God. When I was younger, not too long after we got married, I was, I was working with the fire department there in Cottage Grove. In the middle of the night, we got an alarm, went out there, it was an auto parts place that was on fire. They had paint and things like that. And well, you know, when you pull up, it's a little different today than it was then. Um, got off the truck, Lieutenant grabbed me by the back of the by the back of the jacket and said, let's go grab the hose and we didn't we didn't put on an air mask or anything at that point in time. We just ran right in there. The smoke was so thick you couldn't see your hand in front of you. You were breathing smoke, not air. And he grabbed a hold of me and just shoved me right in there and, and was but but you know what? I had trust and I had faith in him because he had the back of my jacket And I had trust that he knew what he was doing. And if things got too bad, he was going to yank me and pull me right out of there. That's the way God works with us. We have to trust him. We have to put faith in him because he is able. Absolutely is able. Isaiah 41 and 10, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will hold, uphold you with my righteous right hand. There is peace with whatever God's answer was to them. They had that peace in their mind. God is able, notice Ephesians 3 and verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. We know God is able. We know He's able to take us and and help us through times of trial and troubles and problems in our life. But beyond what we can even comprehend, God has abilities that we do not even understand. So why not put faith in Him? He abundantly, exceedingly abundantly above all that we can even think or ask. Oh, we get on our knees and we, and we pray and we pray and we pray and we ask and we ask and ask. And God is able to do that and even more. God is able. Notice this verse 20 through 25. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their outer ga- other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the, king command, the king's command was urgent, the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who stood up who who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That fire was so hot, they hadn't experienced that before because this fire was seven times hotter than what they had ever experienced, that the men that threw them in there died. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Think God had a hand in that? No doubt about it. This wasn't King Nebuchadnezzar's gods. This was God. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego decided to remain holy and faithful to God. They served God and no one else. In the world that we live in we don't have to participate in the sin that's around us we have to live among it but we don't have to participate in it notice 2 Corinthians 6 and verses 14 through 18 i got to hold it ahead of myself do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with unbel- an unbeliever? And what argument agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, do not touch what is unclean And I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. We have to live in a world of sin, but we don't have to partake in it. He says, come out from among them and be separate. Separate means there is a dividing line, a separation, a complete separation from what is sinful and what is not sinful. That doesn't mean that you can walk over here part of the time and then come back across the line. It says come out from among them and be separate. Separate ourselves from the things of the world. And there is a value in remaining faithful while we're going through these trials and testing of our faith. Our faith will be tested. Revelation 2 and verse 10, Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, but that that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Their faithfulness, these three men, their faithfulness affected other people, whether they realized it or not but it affected other people, and so does our lives. We may not realize how we influence and affect other people in our faithfulness to encourage others to be faithful and remain faithful in the patterns of our lives. People are watching us to see how we react when we go through trials and problems in life, and we have the opportunity to influence those people. Look how it affected King Nebuchadnezzar. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning, fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. All of a sudden, King Nebuchadnezzar acknowledges God. Look how that affected the king. He wanted them not just too long ago to bow down and worship his idols and his gods. And now he is recognizing the one and only true God. He says, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. And the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together. And they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed. Nor were their garments affected, and the smell of the fire was not on them. Well, you know how it is where we sit around a campfire. We're not sticking our hand in the fire. We're not doing all these things, but we sit around that fire, and we go away, and we smell like campfire smoke, don't we? There was not a hair on their head that was even singed, nor even the smell of the fire on them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's words and yielded their bodies, that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks against amidst amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. You see how these three men's faithfulness impacted the lives of other people. So does our faithfulness when we remain faithful in times of troubles and trials. Humans and their kingdoms glorify their own power and they redefine right and wrong and don't acknowledge God as the true king. You can say that something is right that doesn't make it right. We know that. God knows that. We can say something is wrong that doesn't make it wrong. We know that. God knows that. We just need to remain faithful to God. God has promised that he will overcome and has overcome the kingdoms of this earth. And one day, those kingdoms will be destroyed. And the only kingdom that will remain is the kingdom of God.